find here in the book of Ephesians. And so the uh, Lord laid it on my heart. We went back and we started and we spent two weeks and we've covered verse one and two on Wednesday nights. And I got to look into how long we're going to be preaching in Ephesians if we just do it on Wednesdays. And well, I don't know that I'll ever be able to finish. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead and, and uh, hit it a little bit on, uh, on uh, the weekdays as well. But, uh, or the Sundays as well. Ephesians chapter 1, and we talked about in chapter 1 uh, how verse 1 is the is Paul referencing uh, who, who he is, who God has called him to be, and writing the letter, or addressing the letter to those saints that are in Ephesus, those faithful few. And, uh, and just with the idea that God is uh, God made Paul, or God called Paul to be the apostle uh, to the Gentiles. And it wasn't by his decision or his choice, but, but it was by God's choice. And the truth is, God has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. And we need to seek, seek and find that plan and that purpose that we might be able to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we looked at verse 2 this last Wednesday, and it says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father. We, we looked at God as the source of our of grace. And we looked at the positional part of grace, whereas we are in Christ, we, we are saved by grace. Uh, without God's grace, there would be not, no salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. We're not saved because we deserve it. We're saved by the, because God has placed favor upon us. But not only is there that, that, that positional grace that we're in Christ because of his grace, but, but there's also the practical grace where, we, uh, where God is working in us and changing us by grace. And it, it, we're able to serve God because of his grace. We're able to, 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 to be able to witness and testify because of God's grace. In fact, Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And the truth is, it's not about our talents and it's not about our abilities. God's not looking for that. God doesn't need that. He can equip us for whatever it is that he calls us to do. So, so realize that the grace of God uh, is, is in us, but it's not just for salvation. It's also for a practical life. And then there's to be an outflowing of grace. As, as God shows us his grace, as God works in us in grace, we are to show grace unto others. And we are to, to be a blessing unto others. And, and just, just with that, the peace as well. He said, grace and peace be unto you. Uh, there's the practicals or the, the positional side. We are at peace with God when we get saved. And it comes after grace because, well, without grace, there is no peace. Uh, if God had given us grace, we could never come to come and be at peace with God. So there's that positional grace, and there's the practical where I can be at peace and I can rest in the promises of God. I don't need to be afraid and I don't need to be concerned and the world could be falling down around my ears, but I can trust the word of God and I can trust the promises of God. So there's, there's the practical peace that I can have and then there's the, the, the productive peace where I'm to show peace unto all men. I'm to live at peace with all men. I'm to seek peace, the Bible tells us. And so, so we looked at that and it's, the source of that is God and it's through the work of Jesus Christ. And that's just the, the greeting. It took two days to get through that, or two, two, week, or two weeks to get through that. Today we're going to talk about Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to talk about three verses this morning, if, we, if uh, the Lord allows us to. Uh, four verses, three through six. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us 
unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of, of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for all that you've done for us. God, I pray that you would help me to, to speak uh, these truths, Father. I, God, I pray that you would empty me of myself, Lord, that you would fill me with your spirit, uh, that there would be nothing of me in this message, Father, but it would all be your word and your spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would, that you would instruct us. God, I pray that you would uh, encourage us and strengthen us. And God, I pray that you might even convict us, whatever is needed this morning, Father. I pray that your will would be done. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. That last phrase, as I look at it, it is interesting to me. It says, he has made us, or he hath made us, accepted in the beloved. This idea of acceptance uh, is, is interesting to me because as I, as I grew up and as I look around, it's amazing what people will do to, to fit in or to be accepted by those that are around them. Uh, I've seen people uh, change the way they cl uh, wear, change the clothes that they wear. I've, I've seen people change the way they comb their hair. I've heard people I've seen heard people change the way that they talk. I've heard people uh, say the words that they would never would have said before. I've heard people not say words that they would have said before, all on an effort uh, to have a desire to fit in. Uh, in fact, it's it's in, innate in each and every one of us that we have a desire to be accepted or acceptable to those that are around us. Uh, hey, just watch any teenager that walks into a group of other teenagers. It, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it, it's sometimes funny, and, I, and listen, I'm not, gonna, I'm not mocking any, of, any kids. It's, it, there's, there's something in us that makes us do this, and God created us in this. But the truth is that what's innate in our mind and, and gives us this desire to be accepted is there for for just a, a revelation of the spiritual need that's there. Because the truth is, uh, while I, I have a, a feeling of a need to be accepted by those that are around me, it comes from the greatest need that I'm accepted by God. Now, I've seen kids, they, they go out and they'll, they'll, they'll and, and again, I'm not, I'm not mocking anybody, uh, but the, the things that they'll do that they know they shouldn't do or, the, uh, or in, in order to, to be able to fit in with the crowd. Listen, and then I say, kids, I've seen adults do the same thing. And we need to be very careful about trying to fit in with this world and, 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 and because this world really has nothing to offer us. God does. Chapter, three, or chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, what are, the, what are these spiritual blessings? Well, uh, we'll, t we'll get into that here in a bit. It's outlined here in the following verses. Uh, but, but the first thing I want us to see here is there's three, t three words, uh, or three times you see the word blessing or blessed. First it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is Paul saying here? Well, the, the Greek word is eulogitos. It's the same word we get eulogy from. Ever been to a funeral and somebody got up and they, 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 they profounded on all the wonderful things about the person that, that uh, they're having the funeral for? They're, 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 what it means is they're speaking praise. They're, they're speaking adoration about the person uh, that, they're, that they're talking about. Well, here in Paul says, blessed be the God. He's saying, we need to praise, we need to adore, we need to, to, to lift up God 
in heaven. We should. We got a lot of reasons to praise God, amen? And most of all, for our salvation. And that's what he's talking about here because he's talking about the spiritual blessings that God has prepared for us, that God has given to us. But he says, before anything else, before we get into this letter that he's writing to the church at Ephesus, he says, we need to bless God, we need to praise God for what he has done. He goes on to say, the second time you see the word blessing, is blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. Now, now that's a, a little bit of a different word. It's, it's a eulogio. It's uh, the male version uh, of, of this, and it means to bless, to prosper, to bestow. What, what it means, he says, we need to praise God because he has bestowed upon us something. Think about that for a second. God, the creator of all the universe, uh, 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 he, he, he spoke this world into existence. He formed man out of the dust of the ground. He created everything around us. Uh, he breathed into man the breath of life. So the man became a living soul. Man sinned against him. Man turned against him. But guess what he did? He's bestowed upon us spiritual blessings. Praise God! We need to honor him when we sing these songs of praise. We read Psalm chapter 86, the first, he is worthy. He is good. We need to praise him. The third time you see the word blessing here, it's slightly different. You see, uh, the first one is eulogitos, to bless. The second is eulogio, means to prosper. And, and uh, eulogia is the third one. We see it here. In verse 1, the end of it says, uh, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. It's talking about concrete benefits. See, we say, let's bless God. Well, how do you bless God? By praise. But God has blessed us with spiritual blessings. He has, he has given us salvation. He gave us his son to die on the cross so that we might know him, so that we might come and, and be able to be justified in his presence and not have to suffer uh, being separated for all eternity, not have to suffer hell. That's what God gave us. And Paul said we need to praise God for, for these things. Uh, uh, notice here the, the source of, of these blessings. It is God. The Bible tells us that every good gift, that every perfect gift comes from, the, from, the, from our Father above. And God has blessed us. We, we, we forget today, we live our life today surrounded by the things going on in our lives and we think, man, how could, it, how could I say that I'm blessed? Uh, we've got COVID and we've got this and this is happening. My bank account's low and my car's not running. Uh, how can you say that I'm blessed? Because we're focusing on the wrong things, folks. We're focused on those things that are temporary, those things that are temporal, those things that may make you have a bad day. But if you stop and think about the blessings that God has given you, you'll realize that that's nothing. We'd rather have those things, though, wouldn't we? I'm getting ahead of myself. God has given us. He is the source of, of our blessings. Can you breathe this morning? Even with a mask on. Can, uh, did you walk in here? Somebody, did, do you have a car to bring you to church? We live in an area where you, don't, where you need a car. It's almost impossible to get around if you don't have a car. But guess what? If you're here, you, uh, you, have, you, got a way, you had a way here. That's a blessing. Did you eat this morning? Blessing. You got clothes on your back? I am thankful for that. Praise the Lord. You're all dressed. <laughs> they even match some of you. 
Uh, we, we have so many blessings and so many things. Listen, if we just count them one by one, we'd be here forever. Count them every, count your many blessings, name them one by one. We'd be here forever. We'd never be able to stop if we counted all the blessings that God has given to us. We live in America with the freedom to be able to come together and to worship and to, to lift up his name. There, there are some places where they're hiding today, uh, trying, to, trying to worship God. They're hiding in their houses. They left their cell phones at home because they can be tracked. Uh, there are places where it's illegal today. But to, to, they're not able to do this. We have that blessing. Let, let's just, if we would just stop and think about it, but God is the source of all those things. It isn't by happenstance. You, you weren't born in America to the, to the parents that you were given uh, by accident. It didn't just happen. God is in control of everything. If you go back to the book of, uh, of Ruth, and we're not going to turn there for sake of time, but, but Ruth is, is, is brought back to Israel by her, her, her uh, mother-in-law, Naomi. And it says she happed upon the field trying to go make some uh, to go uh, collect some grain that had fallen. Who owned that field? Boaz. What did Boaz tell the men who worked under him? Hey, make sure you leave her some grain of purpose for her. Meaning every time you pull one off for her, you drop some on the ground. Or pull one off for, for me, you drop some on the ground for her. She didn't just hap upon that field. God directed her to that field. It, it was all, uh, we need, uh, need to understand, God is sovereign and God is able. And no matter what it is that you have and it's a blessing in your life, God is the source of it. He is the source of our blessings. Go back to verse 3 again. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just a, uh, This is a, a, an opening of the understanding of uh, in the New Testament for, for those that were followers of God. In the Old Testament, for those that were of Israel, they, they saw God as one God. They didn't see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They just saw God. In fact, that many times they, they said, the Lord our God is one God, which is absolutely true. But God began to reveal some things uh, in the New Testament. John chapter 1, in the beginning was, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Later on in that same chapter, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who's that talking about? Jesus Christ. They knew a Messiah was coming, the, a promised Messiah, but they didn't realize that promised Messiah was with God and was God. Later on in the, in, in the, in the same Gospels, uh, Jesus told his disciples that he was, going to, he was going to be going away so that the Comforter could come. Who was that comforter? Not somebody that, any, that, the, that they knew of in the Old Testament. The third person of the, of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. So, so here they're looking at, at, at God not just as, as God, uh, the Jehovah. Uh, right? God has many names. God, uh, Jehovah, Jireh is one. Uh, Jehovah, anytime you look back in the Old Testament, they would say, they would name a place after God. They would say, this Jehovah, this. Jehovah, this is the God who provides, the God who protects, the God who does this. And they would name it according to the different characteristics and attributes or the things that God had done. Now they're getting to know that, listen, he's not just God, he's a father. And that's important, especially in this, in this, in this book, in this chapter, because one of the benefits of being made accepted is being made a son. 
See, Jesus was the Son, the only begotten Son of the Father. He was, but through what happened, to, to, through, through the working of the Holy Spirit in, in Mary, he was begotten. Amen? He was born on this earth. He's the only one that was begotten. But we've been, if you're a child of God today, praise God, we are adopted into the family. That word accepted, by the way, uh, made to be accepted, it's, a, it's not just made acceptable. And again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's, it's okay. It, what it means is to be highly favored and to, to be placed to have a special favor and do it upon somebody. That's what God did for us. So we see the, the, the source of, of, our, of, of, this is, of all of our benefits is God, verse 1. Now look at the sum of these benefits. Verse, sorry, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all. The sum or the scope of, of, these, uh, of these benefits is every spiritual benefit has been given unto us. Did you know that God doesn't give certain benefits to somebody and then certain benefits to another? He does not look at Brother Rich and say, Brother Rich, you've got such a beautiful bald head. I, I, you're, so, you're such an awesome Christian. I'm going to do this for you and give you this position in heaven because of who you are more than I would Brother Donnie over here because, well, he's got hair. And it's gray. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, my 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 wife and my daughter were sitting across the room the other day, and they're like, "Look at all that gray hair on the side of his head." Quiet, crow. That's it. <laughs> the, the 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 point being, God doesn't bless one person over another. God is not a respecter of persons. God loves us all the same. Listen, they say the ground is level with the foot of the cross. It's true. We all needed salvation. We all needed forgiveness. We all needed mercy. And we all needed grace. There wasn't anybody that, I'm not sure this is going to hold me, that stood up any taller than anybody else. We all stood in the same place. And in fact, when we came to Christ, we didn't come standing. We came kneeling. We humbled ourselves before Jesus Christ. And we said, I'm not worthy, O Lord. Forgive me. And he did. So we have received all the benefits. There are no spiritual benefits that you do not have. There is nothing that you lack spiritually. God has provided in you through the work of Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit everything that you need through the word of God and the work of the Word and the Spirit. You have all spiritual benefits. We see the scope of it. We see the, the sphere of it. This, these, are, these, uh, these are spiritual. These are, uh, they're, they're in heavenly places. And we start, I started to touch on this a, a little bit ago, but many times we get caught up in the earthly blessings. Lord, I just want a bigger 
house. Lord, I just don't want to, I don't want there to be a hole in the roof of my house. Or Lord, I, I, I'd like to have a bigger car or just a car that runs would be nice, right? And we look for those spiritual things or those physical things and we count those as blessings. Don't get me wrong. And I'm right there with you. It's nice when I got money in my bank account to pay my bills. I, I, I praise the Lord for those times when, when he supplies a physical need that I have. I, I'm thankful for those things. God has blessed over the years, and we've seen time after time when Bill was met or, or, or the crisis came, and, and, and God came in and took care of it. I praise God for that. When, when my dad broke his back when I was 18 and, and, was out of, and has been out of work since, uh, was disabled, and, and, and we, I watched God take care of and provide for our family, that helped my faith to grow because I could see the, spiritual, or the physical blessings of what God was doing. It's good to see those things. But the problem is we forget of the spiritual blessings. And when the physical blessings are lacking, we're like, God, where are you? What are you oh, why, why, aren't you why aren't you blessing me, God? I just don't see how, how I can be sitting here in this, this mess that I'm in and, you can, and say that you're blessing me. Take your eyes off of the circumstances and put your eyes on our Father in heaven. Jesus said in Matthew in the book of Matthew, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, these temporal, earthly provision things, all these things shall be added unto you. So, so we, instead of getting caught up in, 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 in all of the blessings, in these physical blessings, let's, let's remind ourselves and remember that we have all that we need spiritually. We don't need temporal blessings. God gives them to us, but we don't. Many times the things that we think that we need are wants. Have any of you ever been to a third world country? I have. I've seen huts made out of mud and tin roofs and people living in that and rejoicing and happy because they got a roof. I've seen, I've seen pictures of, I saw a video uh, from from, uh, it was not help ministries, but one of the other uh, ministries that helps, that works with n national pastors. And they sent me a video of this man who was a pastoring four different churches. And they showed me, a, a uh, in this video, he was in the church. Now the church, and he was pastoring, teaching, preaching to a group of about 30. And it was literally the size of this. Right here, there were no windows. There was just a door with, or a doorway. There was no actual door there. Mud hut with a, with a, that was their church. They were sitting on the floor. They were happy. They were singing praise unto God. Listen, we were too comfortable in our padded seats and our air conditioning. It's, it's, listen, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying I don't want these things, but they certainly aren't a need. We don't need the four walls or the roof to be a church. We could go meet in a field somewhere. What would happen if this building, I say burned down, but it's metal. What would happen if uh, a tornado came through and knocked this place down? We don't have the money to build a new building. And I, I reach out to you and say, listen, we don't have a place to meet, but we're going to, we don't have a building to meet in, but we're going to meet in the field. How many would come? Don't raise your hand. 
what about this? I say, listen, we, we realized that a, a lot of what we had we didn't really need, so what we're going to do is take that money and put it into ministering to others and taking care of others and reaching the lost. So instead of building a building, we're just going to stick with what we've, what we've got right now. We'll start meeting in our houses. How many would stop coming and go find a church with padded seats and air conditioning? When things get hard, we, to, uh, we, we forget what's, what's really needed. I, I, I tell you, I just want to see God work. I don't care if we got four walls and a roof. Uh, I want the Holy Spirit to come and meet with us. That's what really matters. We don't really need the physical needs. But when I die, I'm certainly going to be glad that I have all the spiritual benefits what God has done for us. We've seen the source, we've seen the, the sum and the sphere of it, the, it's in heavenly places. All those things are set ahead of us, set for ahead of us. There's an inheritance, there's a home, there's a, uh, so many things that we have to look forward to. In fact, verse uh, chapter 2 says that we're not going to really receive all of, it, uh, all of the, the benefits of, of this, this, uh, this work of God in our lives until we get to heaven. I kind of can't wait to get there. Lastly, on, in this verse anyways, we see, we see the, the, the stay or the support or the foundation of these spiritual benefits. It says, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. See, it's the, the, the work of Christ that makes all these spiritual benefits possible. While God is the source of them, and while he has bestowed them upon us, remember, uh, it was his plan to, to send the Son to be the Savior of the world. It was uh, when, when Jesus is sitting there uh, talking to the Samaritan woman, and, and the disciples had gone back to get meat. They came back and said, here, Lord, eat. He said, I have meat that you know not of. What was, uh, they're like, did somebody come along and give them something to eat, or what's going on? And, and he said, my meat is to do the will of the Father that sent me. He was doing the will. He was sharing the word. He was uh, telling this, yeah, this young woman who had been married multiple times and, and now was with a man who wasn't married. She was telling her that he was the Messiah. She went into town and said, listen, I met a man who, who, who told me everything that I've ever done. Isn't this the Christ? And she brought an entire town out to meet him. And, and people got saved, and people believed, and, and pray, praise the Lord, God did a, a great and mighty work in that area. But that was what his plan was. That's, that was his desire, was to do the work of the Father. But the, his work wasn't just to preach and to teach. His work was to die on the cross. He could have preached his entire life if he had never died for our sins. See, that was what he came to. We just celebrated the, the Easter here not too long ago. Uh, if, if Christ hadn't died, if he hadn't risen, uh, again, he is the support. He is the stay. He is the, the foundation upon which all of our spiritual blessings are laid. Without him, there would be nothing. Isn't God good? The Bible tells us he's good, but, but here we're, we're beginning to see uh, the work of it. Uh, jump back to, with me to Exodus chapter 33, 19. Exodus chapter 33, 19. Here in Exodus, we have God revealing himself to Moses. 
God placed Moses in the cleft of a rock, and he passed before him. Verse 19, it says this, And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 17. If you, don't have, if you can't keep up, write it down so you can go back and look at it. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 17. Verse 17 says this. And refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But... Thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Psalms chapter 86. Psalms chapter 86, verse 15. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion, and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and in truth. Psalm 111. Psalm 111, verse 4. says this, He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Look at chapter 112, verse 4. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion. And righteous. Turn over to 116, verse 5. Verse 5 says this, Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. All throughout the word of God, we could keep going, uh, but we don't have time. You'd, we wouldn't get to eat lunch if we did that. Uh, uh, but the word of God tells us that God is good. That God is gracious. I've heard, I don't know how many times, how could a good God do this? How could a good God do this? Can I, can I say this? God cannot act outside of his nature. God is good. That's why it says, blessed be the God that hath given us uh, or blessed us with all these spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus because he is good. We're going to look at verse 4 now, and we're going to, there's a reason why we, we mentioned all those verses about God's goodness. Verse 4 says this, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Keep, keep reading, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. We need to, I want you to look at a couple words here. Chosen, in verse 4. Predestinated, verse 5. The reason I, wanted, I want us to take a good look at these, at these words is that there is a, a false teaching out there. Uh, you see it uh, sometimes, in re, you, you might hear it called Reformed Theology. You might also hear it called uh, Calvinism. It's this idea that, that God, our sovereign God, 
picked and chose who was going to be saved. Calvinism teaches that, 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 that uh, uh, this, it's called uh, TULIP. It's a five, five, there's five points of Calvinism. It's the, it's the same things that are taught in, in, in Reformed theology. It's this idea that, that uh, I can't even remember what they all stand for anymore. Uh, the U stands for unlimited, uh, or, no, not unlimited atonement. Pretty much they, they teach that man is wicked and sinful and can't be saved in and of themselves, which is true. They also believe that God is that God is sovereign, and God picks and chooses according to his sovereign will who will be saved. What that infers and teaches, though, that, that only those that are picked and chosen can be saved, and God also picks and chooses those others who aren't chosen to be blessed. They're chosen to be burned. They're chosen to go to hell. I have a problem with that. Not because... God could not in his sovereign will have done that. He couldn't in his goodness done that. God is sovereign, and I, 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 I don't, uh, he's in control. But God in his foreknowledge, and we're going to look at that word here in a minute, predestinated and chose. The Bible tells us this. Turn over to 2 John 2, verse, or sorry, 1 John 2, 2 verse 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. And he, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the, what does it say? Whole world. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Look with me at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, and that's the promise of his coming again, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that how many should perish? But that how many should come to repentance? So God doesn't want any to, to perish, and he wants all to come to repentance. He, uh, Christ has died for the sins of the whole world. Look with me to, to first, oh, sorry, Titus chapter 2 verse 11. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to how many men? All men. Last verse. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says this, Who will have how many men? All men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. The Bible is very clear all throughout Scripture that Jesus Christ died for all the world. Jesus, his, they, uh, the Calvinism teaches a limited atonement that his blood only cleanses those whom God chose. Not according to the word of God. The word of God teaches us that, that, that Jesus died for all of us and that his blood can cleanse all of us. But by faith, we need to place our trust 
in him. Why do I say that? Because here in Ephesians, they take this word, these words chosen, and they take the word predestinated, and they say God has predestinated or predestined us. Uh, and before, uh, you've heard of the word destiny, meaning you don't have a choice. Uh, and, and that's pretty much what they, what they say, is that if God has chosen you, you're going to be saved no matter what you want. Uh, that's not how God works. We have to choose to trust the Lord. Yes, we're chosen. Yes, we're predestined. I, I want you to see what it's actually meaning. Turn with me over to, uh, to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we see what God is really, or Paul is really saying here. Using the same words, predestinate. Romans chapter 8. 29 and 30. We'll, we'll jump back to verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did, underline this word, foreknow. What does the word foreknow mean? Remember, we have to talk about the who God is. This is doctrine, folks. This is uh, the Bible says, and it's it's not exciting, and I'm not shouting. But the Bible tells us that the, the, the church uh, in in the Book of Acts that they continue daily in prayers and in, in fastings and and in doctrine. It's important that you understand this because if you don't understand this, you're going to hear some preacher on the radio, and they're all over the place, and they're going to say something that says, "Well, that doesn't say what my pastor says," and it's confusing. And they they they, they you got to be careful. Don't go by what I say. Don't go by what they say. Go by what, what the Word of God says. And God says he would have all men to be saved. We've, we've looked at several verses, and there are more that say the same thing. But this word foreknow means that God, remember, God is omniscient. God knows everything. God is also outside of time. And I know, I know this is kind of weird and hard to think of, but, but time was created when, the, when everything else was created. God was before that. So God knew before anything else was created, before the foundations of the world were, were laid, before he said, let there be light, God knew what was going to happen. He knew, he knew that when he created the earth, he knew Adam and Eve were going to be to sin. That's why in his plan, the Bible says in Revelations, that before the foundations of the earth, the lamb was slain. It was all planned out, all ahead of time. Why? Because God, in his knowledge, knew that some people were going to reject him, uh, reject uh, Christ, and uh, he knew that there was going to be sin, and there was going to be a need of a Savior. And he planned that, and he knew who would by faith trust him. Those whom he foreknew, he did, what's the next word? For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Same word to be conformed to the image of a son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. If you're saved here today, yes, you're chosen. Yes, you, you, have been made, you have been made a child of God. You have been made to be accepted in, his, in the beloved. Uh, you have been a, uh, made to be adopted. Uh, you, God has done a work in you, and you have received a spirit, all the spiritual blessings that there are. If you've trusted by faith in him, you are chosen. God would choose everybody if they would. 
the Bible teaches us, and we see time and time again that it's a choice. While it's a gift, God doesn't force that gift upon us. But for those of us who are saved, we are predestinated. We are ordained, according to Ephesians chapter 2, to certain good works. God has predestinated us here in verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. In his foreknowledge, he predestinated us to become the children of God. In his foreknowledge, he chose us and predestinated us that we would walk holy before him, according to verse 4. It says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. God's desire for every child of God is this, that you would be holy and walk before him in love. Yes, we are predestined. Yes, we are chosen. And praise God, that is a spiritual blessing. We are made to be accepted. Here's a question. Are we acceptable because of us? I'm still a sinner. I still make mistakes. I'm not perfect. One day I will be when I get to heaven, the Bible teaches me. But how do I stand before God right now? This is my favorite spiritual blessing. Because when God looks down upon me, he doesn't see my sinfulness. He doesn't see my faults. He doesn't see my failures. He doesn't see my doubts and my fears. You know what God sees? The holiness of the Son, Jesus Christ. Because I stand here justified through the work of Jesus Christ because God foreknew me and predestined that I'd be here. God's desire for every one of us is to be a Christian. God's desire for the whole world is to be a Christian. There's a reason he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He wanted that opportunity given to every single person. Uh, but listen, uh, he also in his knowledge knew who would and would not accept him. Can I encourage you today, remind you today that God has called us and God has predestined us according to his will through Jesus Christ to be a son of God. Notice verse 6, it says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. In the beloved doesn't mean in the brethren. In the beloved is speaking of Jesus Christ. Because it goes on to say, in whom we have redemption. It's talking about Jesus Christ. We are accepted, made to be accepted, in Jesus Christ. What does that mean for us? Uh, there's much more. We'll come back this afternoon as we come back to learn more of the doctrine and more of these things, but more of the more of the, the blessing here. But stop and think about this for a moment. Sometimes we just are discontent uh, with the th the situation that we find ourselves in, or we're struggling with that. Remember the blessings of God. Remember what God has done for you. And lift the, lift His name up. 
Blessed be the God. Praise God for what he did for us through the, through the, through the, through the work of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. Let's never forget how important it is to praise God, no matter what our circumstances are physically, no matter what our circumstances are on this earth, we have a God that we can glorify in praise. See, I don't understand how somebody who has cancer can, can lift up their hands and praise God uh, on their deathbed because they understand that their, that their situation isn't based upon their blessings, but their future certainly is. And that even though they're going through that difficult time, God is there with them. What did Job say? I looked on the left hand and I don't see you. I look on the right hand and I don't see you. I look behind me and I don't see you, see you. But you know the steps that I take. I'm paraphrasing. You know the steps I take. And when I'm tried, I'll come forth pure as gold. God knows what's going on. But God also knows the blessings that he has prepared for us. Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted in Christ. God wants to bless you. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, not the few. Those of us that are saved were only saved by the grace of God, not because of our name, not because of our talents, not because of our goodness. We all stand level at the foot of the cross, needing the mercy and the grace of God. We're right there with you. If you're here today and you're not saved, can I tell you that God wants to save you? God's desire is to save you. And God has laid out the plan of salvation. It is this simple. You're not worthy and you need, you need somebody else to pay for your sin debt because you can never pay it on your own. And Jesus Christ died for your sins so that you don't have to, so that you don't have to suffer. All you need to do is trust by faith what Jesus Christ did and ask him to save you. Who swears to call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is that simple. I'm glad it's not complicated because I wouldn't be smart enough to figure it all out. God made it simple so that, the, 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 that everybody could understand. And God help us, our eyes, our spiritual eyes, be open to that. Maybe, maybe, and this is the last. God has called us and created us to be holy. And we stand before God justified. We are holy in his eyes. But God doesn't just want us to be justified in his eyes. God's called us to live a holy life. And I understand that there's different areas of growth in different people's lives and people are in different places. I've been there. I, I got saved 15 years ago. Uh, and I'm thankful that, that my inheritance in heaven is not based upon my maturity here on this earth. All right? I, I, have, I, have, I have a heavenly home not based upon my, abil my ability to keep the law of God, but I have a heavenly home based upon where I stand in Jesus Christ. But Peter said, be holy for I am holy. Peter also said, if we knew how soon Christ was going to come back, how much more holy would we live? Our, our desire should be to become more and more like Jesus Christ. Now that's a work of sanctification. Uh, Paul says in Philippians that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. But don't stop trying and don't stop striving. Every day should be another step towards that mark. 
pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. To know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, be made conformable unto his death. We should be desiring to be like Jesus Christ. If you're saved here today, don't quit. Don't stop. Because one day we'll realize just how worth it it was. As we sing that song, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Keep your eyes on the finish line, on those heavenly things. Remember what Christ did for you and put one foot in front of another. No matter what our circumstances are, it will be worth it all. Remember that he is the one who blesses us with all spiritual blessings and all earthly blessings. Listen, God doesn't want us to say that we have to live in poverty or, or to just be constantly weak and, and overrun. He does call us to rest in him and to come to him. May God help us. Father, God, I thank you for your word. I pray that you just bless us in this time, Lord. May you have your way with us. I pray that you would encourage those that need to be encouraged, strengthen those that need to be strengthened, Father. And if there's one today that's not saved, God, may that, may that one or two or however many that be, may they, may they have a desire to seek your face. May, may they have a desire to be saved. I'm so thankful for what you've given to us. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.